Lots of strange and peculiar things have been happening at Marie's house, and Marie hasn't thought of an explanation for any of them. Fortunately, her thoughts were interrupted when she saw that Frankie was sitting by the door, tail wagging, thump, thump. Frankie was going to need a good drying off before entering the house. Duty called, and Marie was never one to procrastinate. Back inside, boots off, slippers on, coat on the peg. I certainly talk to myself a lot. Maybe too much, Marie said as she wiped off the ice that had made little balls between Frankie's toes. She then scrubbed the damp fur on his back where he had gleefully rolled in the snow. This will do for now. Marie walked to the sink to wash her hands. Hmm. Where was I before all this craziness began? Oh, yes! Baking! I think this is a pacoon day. Pacoons were a melt-in-your-mouth powdery cookie that Marie made from a recipe passed down from her grandmother's grandmother. Marie remembered helping make them ever since she was a little girl. That was a very long time ago. The ingredients were simple. Flour, confectioner's sugar, pecans, a splash of vanilla, and butter. Lots of it. Marie opened the refrigerator. She pulled out a pound of butter and shut the refrigerator door. She unwrapped the butter and placed it in her grandmother's big yellow bowl. Now for some arm exercise. Marie took an old wooden spoon and began scraping the butter against the inside of the yellow bowl. This was the way her mother and grandmother always did it. Frankie and Jinx could smell the butter as Marie was creaming it in the bowl. That should do. As she splashed a little vanilla into the butter and mixed it in, Marie opened a bag of chopped pecans and poured them into the mixture. She washed her hands to prepare for the final mixing. This was the best way to make sure the pecans would be evenly distributed. Marie wrapped one arm around the yellow bowl and held it tight. Then she plunged her free hand into the buttery dough, squishing the pecans with her fingers over and over until the dough became one big gooey butter nut ball. Back to the sink to wash her hands again. Preparing the cookies for baking, Marie pinched a small bit of dough out of the yellow bowl. She rolled it between her hands and formed it into the size and shape of her own index finger. She then placed the rolled dough onto a flat pan and pinched another bit of dough, repeating the process over and over until the dough in the yellow bowl was gone and the flat pan was now full of lady fingers. She slid the pan of raw cookies into the oven, turned the temperature to 250 degrees and set the timer for an hour. Well now, I think I will put the pretty holiday lights on in the living room and sit for a bit. Marie had a fireplace in her living room, and the mantel was draped with a blanket of soft white cotton. On it were numerous trinkets, some of which she had as a child. A snowman snow globe, a miniature sled, a mohair camel, a choir of singers made of wax, and a brass bell. These were some of her favorites that she had arranged with care and framed with a string of colored lights. Beside the fireplace was a small table 
with a tiny evergreen tree dotted with delicate ornaments, each with their own story. And on top of the tree, a silver star. Next to the tree was a menorah, a beautiful silver candle holder with nine rosebud stems, a gift from her aunt years ago. Beeswax candles and matches in a handmade wooden box sat beside it. And beside the box was a four-sided wooden top that Marie and her cousins would play with, spinning it to win chocolate coins when they were children. Marie loved the winter holidays, many different traditions, and all of them sharing a common theme, kindness, gratitude, caring, and love. Marie closed her eyes. Flash! Hello, Marie! A voice boomed at the same instant. This flash was brighter than the others. It blinded her momentarily. The sharp glow softened, and Marie found herself looking into a pair of kind, sparkling green eyes. Before her was a man with a long, snow-white beard. He was wearing a long green velvet robe with a hood trimmed in shiny blue embroidery. His trousers and sash were both a deep crimson red, and even though the hood of his robe covered his head, she was sure he had white hair. But most curious of all, there was something different about his ears. I tried to get your attention earlier. His deep voice was strong, but somehow soothing. Marie gathered herself. What? Who are you? Ha ha ha! The bearded man chuckled. I am known by many names, but you can call me Joe. Joe? J-O-E. Jolly old elf. You look pretty big to be an elf. Marie, you are not the first to say that. I, or should I say we, can change size as well as appear and disappear, depending on the situation. Marie raised an eyebrow. We? There are more of you? Oh, yes. Not to brag, but I happen to be Chief Joe, and this is why I want to talk to you. And why I tried to get your attention earlier. Through the ages, I have traveled the world in wintertime. I bring gifts that my helpers make at the North Pole. Marie squinted her eyes. Wait, I think I know this story. Are you telling me that you are... Ha ha ha! As I said, I am called by many names. Kris Kringle, Papa Noel, Grandfather Frost, St. Nicholas, just to name a few. Mostly what I do is bring joy. Hmm, maybe I should add that to the list. J-O-Y for Jolly Old Yule. Ah, on second thought, I'll stick with Joe. Ha ha ha! Clearing his throat, Joe leaned into Marie, lifted one eyebrow, and spoke in a serious yet still compassionate tone. Marie, my work has become harder this last century. Earth needs special care more than ever before, and that includes all of the creatures that live here, not just people. I've watched you through the years. You are honest, kind, and generous. And you take special care of the animals you meet, 
I've seen how you are. You have a big, big heart and a gentle nature. You really are special. And I could really use your help to care for the animals while I do my best to care for the people. If you decide to join me, you will be given special gifts or powers, if you will, like the ability to speak animal languages, be it bird, elephant, dog, even the creatures that live in the water. Marie hesitantly raised her hand. Excuse me, Joe. I think I did have a short conversation with a squirrel this morning. Ha ha ha! I was testing you. You would visit all the animals on a special night and give them a gift of food or maybe a soft, safe place for them to sleep. A gentle touch, a hug, or perhaps a plaything like a ball. All of the creatures of Earth need kindness. My hope is that the kindness you and I share with the children and the animals will help to someday bring balance and harmony to everyone and everything on Earth. Marie thought to herself, That is a big task. Joe read her mind. Yes, that is why I am asking you. You will have plenty of time to prepare for this night, and I will help you. And in case you're wondering how you will do it all in one night, the wind will carry you. Joe smiled and then winked. It's a deal I made with Mother Nature. Suddenly, Marie realized she was not in her rocking chair, but floating in space. And instead of being frightened, she felt as if she weighed no more than a feather. Joe reached up to the twinkling stars that were surrounding them and pulled what looked like a brilliant sparkling diamond from one. If you would like to accept this responsibility, just reach for a star, and when you see the shimmering jewel, take it. Joe lifted the diamond back up toward the star, and with a flash, he vanished. Marie's eyes flew open. She was in her rocking chair. Jinx and Frankie were sitting on the carpet looking at her, slightly annoyed. The cookies! Marie leapt from the chair and ran to the kitchen. She turned off the timer on the oven, grabbed the padded oven mitt, and opened the oven door. Whoosh! A blast of warm air mixed with the delicious sweet smell. Marie slid the hot pan from the oven and placed it on the cool tile counter. Then she opened a new bag of powdered sugar and poured it all into a deep plastic bowl. Marie had made these cookies many times over the years, and as she rolled the cooled cookies in the powdered sugar and placed them in the tin, she went through the motions as automatically as one breathes or as one's heart beats. Her thoughts, however, were racing. Was it a dream? It felt so real. Joe? J-O-E, jolly old elf. Did I really have a conversation with a squirrel on the subject of dog poop? I swear I heard Jinx say that she was going to clean Frankie's ears, and then she did. I mean, Jinx and Frankie always watch what I do in the kitchen. 
I wouldn't be surprised at all if animals could talk and think and feel. At that moment, a thought popped into Marie's brain. Stop it! You're anthropomorphizing! This is silly! Quit trying to make your animals human! Marie took a deep breath and calmed herself. <sighs> it would be nice to be able to understand and talk with the animals. My heart feels warm when I care for animals in need. The squirrels and birds that make their homes in a tree can't know when a person is going to chop it down. Their whole way of life has to change when their home is destroyed. Where they find their food, where they sleep, what new path they must take to be safe from larger animals. If that dream, or whatever it was, is true, I think I should like to help Joe bring kindness to the world, even if it is just one day a year. <laughs> J-O-E, jolly old elf. Well, if I were to do that, I should like to be called something other than Marie. She thought for a moment as she rolled a cookie in the bowl of powdered sugar. Unexpectedly, a name came to her. Aunt Elfie! Flash! A light appeared from the bowl of powdered sugar. At the same time, a deep voice boomed, Ha ha ha! Reach for the star! Surprised, Whoa. Marie flung the plastic bowl of powdered sugar up with such force that it hit the ceiling fan, spewing powdered sugar everywhere, flying onto the top cabinet door, bouncing off the handle, spinning to the other side of the kitchen, where it ricocheted off the faucet on the sink, down to the kitchen floor, and rolling like a nickel before settling to a stop, empty. Through the cloud of confectioner's sugar, Marie could see that the entire kitchen was as powdered as the Pacoons. Frankie and Jinx were powdered too, however they didn't seem to mind as they licked the sweetness from their fur as well as the floor. Marie didn't need a mirror to know that she too was coated like a cookie. Frankie stopped mid-lick and ran to the front door, barking with excitement, leaving a trail of white paw prints. Who in the world is that? It's too early for Jamie and Brian to be back from downtown, Marie said as she quickly walked to the front door. Frankie was jumping up and down like a pogo stick. Frankie, please get back so I can see who it is. Surprise! Surprise! Yelled Jamie and Brian as they gestured to Marie's snow-shuffled, completely cleared sidewalk. A look of bigger surprise came over their faces as they saw that Marie was covered in what looked like thick white dust. And Frankie, too. Peering into Marie's living room, they could see white footprints from both Frankie and Marie on the carpet leading to the door. It's a surprise, all right. Opening the door further, Marie noticed that the snow on her walk had been neatly shoveled to one side. Oh, thank you so much for doing that. Why are you back so early? Surely not to just shovel my sidewalk. Jamie and Brian stepped into the house, wiping their feet, as Frankie wiggled back and forth, making little commas with his body, wanting pats from his friends. Yes, we are early. This is part of the surprise, said Brian, giving Frankie a good scratch on the butt. Jamie smiled. We have just made arrangements to work from home permanently. Oh, 
I guess this means you won't need me to watch Frankie anymore. No, oh, no, 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 no. Frankie adores you, and you can have him over as much as you like. We still will have to work. It will just be from home. We don't need to change his schedule at all if you want. And we will be close to help you with everyday things, too. Like shoveling snow or take you to the store. Or clean the whatever it is that made white footprints all over your carpet. Do I smell cookies? Yes. I had an explosion of powdered sugar in the kitchen just before you rang the doorbell. That is what is on the carpet. Marie led them around the corner to the kitchen. Jamie and Brian's eyes widened in disbelief as they saw what indeed seemed to be an explosion of powdered sugar. It was on the front of the cupboard doors, the ceiling fan, on top of the refrigerator. The powder covered the countertops and the green and chrome table. It found its way into the burners of the stovetop. It covered the toaster, the blender, and the tea kettle with a light, delicate dust. It was even in the sink and all over the floor, where Jinx sat happily licking the sweet powder from her paws. Frankie joined Jinx and lapped the floor with his wide tongue. Wow! You were not kidding! This is an explosion! Brian gasped. Ignoring the kitchen blizzard, Marie's famous pacoons. Yes, I made them for the both of you. Have one. Marie gestured as Brian was about to pick one up anyway. Get one for Jamie, too. Well, I may as well have one, too, and see if the powdered sugar explosion changed their taste. They nodded in agreement that nothing was wrong at all with the taste of the cookies as the buttery nuttiness melted in their mouths. Jamie dusted off the chair that sat by the green chrome table. Marie, have a seat. We'll clean this up, and you be the director who will tell us where to put things. I'll fix us some tea, Brian said, dusting off the kettle. Looks like Jinx and Frankie are already at work cleaning the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Two hours later, after much laughter, cleaning, tea drinking, and cookie eating, the kitchen and living room were neat as a pin. Brian, Jamie, and Frankie walked with Marie over the now clean carpet toward the front door, a tin full of cookies in hand. Thank you so much for the delicious pecoons, Marie. Did you keep enough for yourself? Oh, yes, I have plenty. Thank you for helping me today, shoveling my walk and cleaning my kitchen. Oh, if it weren't for the both of you, it probably would be covered in powdered sugar until spring. Jamie looked at Marie warmly. Marie, you are so very dear to us. If you ever need any help with jinx or the birds or cleaning... We would do anything for you. We think of you as our mother next door. Then he kissed her softly on the cheek. Marie could see they both had tears starting to form in the corners of their eyes. And Marie could feel her own eyes begin to water. You too. You too feel like the children I never had. I love you both dearly. All three embraced, with the tin of cookies acting as a magnet between them. Marie could feel Frankie licking her hand. Well, I will see you in the morning, Marie said to Frankie, scratching his ear. 
Chloe watched Jamie, Brian, and Frankie leave and softly closed the front door, turning the lock with a click. Jinx was sitting by the rocking chair. My, it got quiet quickly, didn't it, Jinx? Marie turned on the radio. It was always tuned to the classical station. She sat in the rocking chair and patted her lap. Jinx sprung up on cue and Marie stroked her fur. This has been an extraordinary day, Jinx, Marie observed as she looked out the window. Look, it's already starting to get dark. Tomorrow we will light a candle at this time. Marie turned her head back to her fireplace with the lights and figurines sitting on the cotton snow, then to the table with the twinkling tree and menorah. Did you talk to me today, Jinx? Marie smiled and closed her eyes. At that very instant, a flash brighter than any of the other flashes consumed her as a soothing deep voice called from afar, Reach Marie. The next moment, she felt lighter than air, and once again she found herself floating in space with stars all around her. One star, however, outshone all the others, and as it moved toward her, something inside it began to spin faster and faster. It was the jewel, sparkling with every color she had ever seen in nature. And it was there, right within her reach. Was this truly what she wanted to do? Marie paused and took a deep breath and then slowly reached out her hand. She closed her eyes and summoned the jewel. And as it touched her fingertips, she whispered, I'm, I'm, I'm Aunt Elfie. Bizzo's Holiday Secret was written and produced by Bonzer Productions, starring the voices of John Polk, Diane Wasnock, and Barb Polk, recorded at Big Bear Studios, editing and sound design by John Polk, music from Envato's Audio Jungle, original cello and violin music by LaTanya Peoples, artwork by Karen Gersh, copyright Bonzer Productions 2022.